I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The FT. Welcome to the FT Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Anna Dedder from the Comment and Analysis Desk. In this podcast, Sarah O'Connor meets members of the Human Cloud, the mass of workers who earn money from mainly white-collar jobs carved up into tasks, or piecework, that they can perform anywhere in the world, provided they have an internet connection. Its champions say we are on the verge of a flexible work revolution, while its critics see a wild west of unregulated virtual sweatshops. So is the human cloud more utopia or dystopia? asked Sarah. Nestled in his man cave, a room crammed with cardboard boxes and fishing lures in his Rhode Island home, Setsar is earning money by letting a company track the tiniest movements of his eyeballs through his computer's webcam. About 10,000 miles away, Adi Nagara is hiding from the heat in his air-conditioned bedroom in Jakarta, researching an Indonesian industry for a consultancy firm. Although they're doing different tasks for wildly different sums of money on different sides of the world, these two men are connected. They're both members of the human cloud. Employers are starting to see the human cloud as a new way to get work done. White-collar jobs are chopped into hundreds of discrete projects or tasks, then scattered into a virtual cloud of willing workers who could be anywhere in the world, so long as they have an internet connection. Some of these tasks are as simple as looking up phone numbers on the web, typing data into a spreadsheet, or watching a video while a webcam tracks your eye movements. Others are as complex as writing a piece of code or completing a short-term consultancy project. But the uniting factor is that these are not jobs, but tasks or projects, performed remotely and on demand by people who aren't employees, but independent workers. Much of it is, in effect, white-collar piecework. Employers spent between $2.8 and $3.7 billion globally last year on payments to workers and the online platforms that act as intermediaries in the human cloud. That's according to a recent staffing industry analyst report. To the human cloud's champions the people who run platforms and others who believe we're on the threshold of a flexible work revolution, the cloud promises to eliminate skill shortages, ease unemployment black spots, and create a global meritocracy where workers are rewarded solely for their output, regardless of their location, education, gender or race. Some people even say it could return us to the age of cottage industry before we crammed into factories or offices and lost control over our work. Dennis Pennell Managing Director of CIET, the international lobbying organisation for private employment agencies, says, What we see today is people taking ownership again of the means of production, because all you need is a computer, your brain and a Wi-Fi connection to work. So actually, Karl Marx should be very happy. Critics turn to history for their analogies too, but they talk of dead-eyed operatives on production lines, not happy artisans. In the human cloud, they see a wild west of unregulated virtual sweatshops, breaking down service sector work into its constituent parts and making people compete in a worldwide race to the bottom. Guy Standing, an academic and the author of several books about the precariat and the growth of insecure work, says, quote, It makes Adam Smith's famous division of labour in pin-making look modest. 
Whether the human cloud is more utopia or dystopia depends, at least in part, on where exactly in its hierarchy you find yourself. Mr. Sarr is near the bottom, as he readily admits. We're just getting crumbs as far as what we're getting paid for it, says the 29-year-old from Providence, the capital of America's smallest state. He joined the human cloud through Amazon's Mechanical Turk, a site run by the online retailer where so-called requesters will pay Turkers to do simple micro-tasks that humans are still marginally better at than computers, such as transcribing audio clips, filling in surveys, or tagging photos with relevant keywords. The name Mechanical Turk refers to a fake chess-playing machine from the 18th century that fooled onlookers into believing it was an automaton when in fact there was a person hiding inside. Amazon, whose tagline for the platform is Artificial Artificial Intelligence, calls the jobs on offer Human Intelligence Tasks, or HITS, H-I-T. Many of them only pay a few cents apiece. On a good day, Mr. Saar would earn about 5 to $7 an hour by doing batches of these hits in his free time. He also has a job in a warehouse. But after Amazon increased the fee it charged requesters to post hits to 20% of what they pay workers, he says the work dried up and pay rates dropped. Now we as workers have to be competing against other workers to grab these good hits, he says. Lately, he's discovered a newer site, Sticky Crowd, which shows him videos and web pages and uses his webcam to track exactly what he looks at and what he ignores, all useful information for advertisers. The pay here is better, a dollar for every two to three minutes of eye tracking. But not all the work on offer is so futuristic. Take the cloud call centres that assemble armies of independent agents who work from home, pay for their own phone and internet, and only get paid when they're actually on a call. The average talk time rate at one large cloud call centre is 25 cents per minute, although some clients also offer sales commission. Further up the hierarchy are platforms like Upwork, Freelancer and People Per Hour, which feature more skilled tasks such as copywriting, IT and design work. Upwork, formed last year by a merger of two large platforms, is now the behemoth of the human cloud, processing about $1 billion worth of payments from employers to workers last year, of which it takes a 10% cut. The company took 10 years to reach $1 billion, but reckons it will reach $10 billion in another six. Stefan Kazriel, its chief executive, says, It's a thing that takes a long time at the beginning, then at some point it hits a tipping point. It becomes mainstream. Some of these sites invite workers to bid for the tasks on offer, specifying how quickly and for what fixed price they could do the work. Others offer payment by the hour. In most cases, employers and workers give each other star ratings after they finish a task, much like on eBay or Airbnb, allowing them to build a track record. Reputations are important. Human cloud platforms know they need to link employers with good workers to encourage return visits, so many are starting to use big data algorithms to recommend certain workers for certain gigs. People Per Hour has set up a sister site called Supertasker, which uses a smaller group of pre-screened workers to do fixed tasks in a fixed period for a fixed price. So a 400-word blog post delivered in three hours costs $45, for example. Xenios Thrasivulu, the company's founder, calls this SKUs or SKUs for work. SKUs are stock-keeping units, retailer shorthand for indistinguishable products. Yet... At the top of the human cloud's hierarchy, standardisation is a dirty word. Daniel Callahan, chief executive of UK-based MBA and Company, says, It's not a commodity. Our clients don't choose on price. His platform, like US rival Hourly Nerd, links companies with, quote, consultants on demand. 
Other specialist sites include TopCoder for computer programmers and UpCounsel for lawyers. Consultants on MBA's platform charge between £250 and £4,800 a day. Then MBA adds its fee of 20%. Mr Nagara, who's 30, is one of the platform's consultants. He used to work for Australian investment bank Macquarie, but moved back to Indonesia for family reasons. He reckons he earns more from his daily rate than he would as a full-time employee, though he sacrifices the security and benefits, a trade-off his parents just don't understand. He says... They stayed with one company for decades, so when they see me being unemployed every two months, they think, Jesus, they probably think I'm a disaster. While many workers on these specialist sites are young and fleeing the corporate grind or topping up their incomes, others are capitalising on a lifetime's worth of knowledge. NASA, the US space agency, once posted a challenge to find an algorithm that could predict solar flares. The winner, who NASA paid $20,000, was a retired radio frequency engineer. It's not hard to see the promise of the human cloud for employers, who frequently complain about skill shortages and a lack of skilled migrant workers. Mr Callahan says the human cloud will make such problems disappear. You can now get whoever you want, whenever you want, exactly how you want it, he says. And because they're not employees, he adds, you don't have to deal with employment hassles and regulations. That's particularly useful for fast-growing startups. Don Bratcher, a 22-year-old founder of UK-based mobile marketing company TapDAC, uses developers and designers in Scandinavia and Central Europe. He says there's no need for someone to be in the same city as you. Susan Lund, a partner at the McKinsey Global Institute, says the human cloud can improve social mobility too, since it allows people to amass hard evidence of their abilities, regardless of the formal qualifications on their CVs. For somebody who doesn't have a degree from a top university, or even a degree at all, Accumulating those ratings is very important. To be able to say, I've done X hours of coding and my average rating was Y, that's very powerful, she says. The other consequence of work moving online is that more people should be able to do it. The housebound, for example, or people in locations where job opportunities are scarce. But the flip side is that workers in places where the cost of living is lower can undercut their peers in more expensive countries. As Professor Standing says, you can have someone in Gothenburg competing against someone in Dakar. Plenty of IT and call centre work has already been outsourced to countries like India, of course, but Professor Standing believes that next wave of silent offshoring will be more devastating for wages and conditions in the developed world. It's hard to test this hypothesis, since most human cloud platforms are not listed and only disclose their data selectively. Still, a lot of work appears to gravitate to low-cost countries with skilled workforces. Upwork's biggest markets after the US by worker earnings are India, the Philippines, Ukraine and Pakistan. But Mr Saar and Mr Nagara are evidence that the picture is complex. Low-paid work does not always drift east, and high-paid work does not always drift west. Perhaps the thorniest problem of all for the human cloud is one that has also plagued Uber, the taxi app. When should an independent worker actually be classed as an employee? Human cloud platforms usually classify workers as self-employed, which frees them from the requirement to pay minimum wages, employer taxes and benefits like sick pay. But lawyers and workers are challenging them. Last year, a human cloud platform called Cloudflower offered more than $500,000 to settle a US class action lawsuit from workers who said they were really employees and were therefore owed the minimum wage. Most countries' legal systems are struggling to keep up with these new forms of work. Jeremiah's Prassel, a law professor at Oxford University says, In these arrangements, there's really more than one employer. The law can't grapple with this. Jonas Prising, chief executive of Manpower Group, an employment agency, 
predicts that policymakers will impose more regulations on the new platforms soon. Who's taking care of these individuals, he says? Who's providing the security in terms of taxation and social security? Who's doing the work is not known. Who's paying the tax is not known. The age of the people doing the work is not known, he says. For all that, it can be a false comparison to contrast insecure human cloud work with secure traditional jobs, particularly at the bottom of the economic ladder. Mr Saar has a job in a warehouse, but like many low-paid employees in developed countries, his rights and protections have been hollowed out. He is employed at arm's length by an agency, which means he can be fired on the spot, and is ineligible for many benefits. In the warehouse he wears an earpiece called the Jennifer Unit, a robot in his ear that tells him what to do and tracks his performance and his downtime. The human cloud might not pay much, it might be monotonous, but it gives him back a sense of control. He says, Growing up through the years, I've always worked for someone else. You're treated as a number and not a human. But his work in the cloud is different. I can stop whenever I want, I can take a break or eat something, he says. The idea of being my own boss is what really attracted me. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.